1: Welcome into the broken brilliance that is the Rutgers ScoutCast. It may be a bye week for Rutgers football, but there is no such thing as a bye week for the ScoutCast. And we're shaking things up a little bit this week. I'm Sam Hellman, by the way. I'm the host of the Rutgers ScoutCast, in case you haven't figured that out. We're going to go into our normal show open and, and lay out the body of the show after our interview this week because... Guard Corey Sanders, the social media phenomenon that is this Rutgers sophomore basketball player, waits for no man. So before we get into the body of the Rutgers ScoutCast this week, we're going to go right into my conversation with Corey Sanders. Corey Sanders joined Mike Williams, Steve Peichel, and the Rutgers basketball gang in Washington, D.C. for Big Ten Media Day. He was loving it. Uh, He carried himself well. He's not afraid to answer any kind of question, but he definitely seems like a more mature player this year than the freshman that we got to know last year. You're going to hear that in the interview right now. We talked to Corey about a lot of on-the-court things, about how he needs to be a better defender, how he needs to play smarter, and how he needs to become a leader for Rutgers this year as a sophomore starting point guard. I also talked some off-the-court stuff with Corey, his relationship with Uh, Rutgers staff member Greg Vitrone and his son Vinny who joined the uh, student manager ranks this year they're very close Corey talks about that and he also talks about some pretty insane uh, NBA testing numbers that you're going to hear us discuss it's kind of like a NFL combines type workout situation and Corey Sanders put up some insane numbers in the offseason with Steve Peichel looking on And, of course, it wouldn't be Corey Sanders without talking his budding music career. So here we go. Corey Sanders, Sam Hellman, Rutgers ScoutCast. All right, excited to be joined on the Rutgers ScoutCast
2: today with my guy Corey Sanders. Live from D.C., how are you enjoying your media day? Um, It's great. You know, just came from taking photos. Had a good time with that. Can't wait to see him. Uh, Got a lot of coverage. You know, a lot of people asking questions. You know, and it's what it's all about you were the guy that most people recognize most with Rutgers basketball outside of the coach,
1: probably mm-hmm. how important is it for you to, you know, say the right things and help promote Rutgers at an event like this?
2: Well, very important. Very important. You know, you gotta, uh, you gotta be the one that's to speak on the behalf of your team. And I feel like I was the perfect one for that. Um, Cause I know what it takes. I know what, uh, what we have to work on. I know um, our weaknesses and I know everything that, you know, we're going to do, you know, everybody has the same goal. And, um, I just feel like you know I'm doing the best I can to let people know you know we have a big year coming. You go to events like this and
1: you get the weird media and weird questions and stuff like that. Have you gotten any of that today? Any crazy questions or
2: anyone asked you to do any weird stuff? Mm, nah, not really. Uh, I think my funniest one was though dancing over there for the ladies in the corner. So. Uh... It's been uh, nothing but good so far. Hearing that out of context, I don't know what dancing for the ladies in the corner means, but Uh, it sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, some media media ladies for the Big Ten uh, wanted me to uh, give them one of my favorite dances, so that's what I did. Did you give them the Cam Newton? Yeah, I gave them the dab and then uh, hit the folks. And it was really a dance that uh, I made up for Randy uh, for a back-to-school dance, so shout-out to Randy for that. Um, You mentioned Randy. How much help do
1: you get from that aspect of the program? People don't People don't usually look behind Coach Peichel, but mm-hmm. there's a ton
2: of people that are helping you out. Oh, yeah, she's she's amazing. Um, I thank God for her. Um, ever since I've been here, for all the players, you know, she just she's so helpful. You know, I set you up with your tutors, um, Alert, You know, I had alert this morning, you know, turning your homework. Um, so I made sure I turned in my homework. You know, don't want to make that lady mad. Um, she does everything she can for us, so I try to, you know, repay her with being good grades. Uh, how happy are you that she stayed? She was one of the people that stayed yeah. on after the coaching change. Very happy. Like I said, you know, she's just very important to this team, and uh, you know, school comes first. You know, she makes sure that. Um, talking about coaching staff stuff, you talked before about how
1: coach Greg Mm Vitron is huge for you you said he's kind of like a father his son your boy Vinny is Mm -hmm. now also on the team like what is
2: that like um you know it's just great to have him along you know while everybody was getting fired last year you know one thing I was really worried about was if uh, coach Shoes was coming back you know that was really a very impact for me you know because if he wasn't you know that was kind of one of those things like hey I don't know if if Shoes is not here maybe it's not meant for me you know because he, he brought, you know, me, Deshaun, John, you know, really the the vocal players on the team. So, you know, I felt like um, having him around would be, you know, uh, a great thing for us. And, you know, he's been there for me since day one since he started recruiting me, you know, and I really appreciate him. He's in a new role
1: now. He could still help a ton in recruiting. He mm-hmm. helped Issa end mm-hmm. up at Rutgers. Right. What is he like as
2: a coach? Like, What is his role now with you, and how do you kind of play off each other? I mean, it's the same role. You know, nothing really changed. Um, you know, he's still out there at practice, you know, motivating the guys, and uh, he's still the same shoes that, you know, um, I grew to uh, have a, one of the best bonds with. You know, and uh, we continue to bond every day, you know, and I, and I thank him for everything he's done. Uh, we talked earlier, but I want to bring it up again. Your BAM
1: score, which mm-hmm. for people that don't know, it's kind of like an NBA combine right. sort of thing. You you blew those numbers off the charts, right. like NBA level athleticism. Right. What was that like to show off? You know, to to see how athletic you really are.
2: Um, it was great. You know, just to have them people come in. You know, the coach, pocket them, set that up, and uh, just to see what we we were um, athletically. You know, our speed, agility, things like that, and. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, to uh, have one of the best scores and um, the best times in the in the in the dash thing or whatever. So you know um, that was very good for my confidence. You know, and just to know that uh I'm on the same level as those guys. You know, still working to get better though. Yeah, for, for
1: people that don't know, it's like a three-quarter court right, sprint, right. and your time is faster than like most
2: NBA guys. Right. Yeah, is that a, how it, it works? It was the fastest one um, recorded so far. So. Um, Hopefully, I can even get it faster, um, so uh, it'll be hard to, harder to beat. But you know, is that where Coach Van Dyke comes in? Yeah, yeah. Coach Van Dyke's been working with us, but uh, you know, I ran track and stuff, so that that kind of thing was just uh, a wheel thing. You know, um, I've always considered myself to be fast, so you know, um, I just had to, I had to get through that one on myself. In
1: in football, they call it Florida speed. Right. Is that a basketball thing too? Oh,
2: definitely, definitely. You know, you know I, I'm very quick with the ball. You know, everybody comes out of Florida is fast. You know, I don't know. It just it's just one of those things that you know we we trade. You know, it's in you know, so it's so, you know, it's a good thing to have. Apparently, everyone that comes out of Virginia is slow because I run like a six one forty. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, sometimes it goes like that.
1: Although I guess you guys got Nigel Johnson. Out right, of Virginia. he's he, very fast. He's very fast. So maybe it's just me then. Um, that's why I quit in tenth grade. <laughs> uh, we talked about the NBA before, and you decided to come back to Rutgers this year. What was it like to test the waters? Learn from the experience and then bring that back to Rutgers.
2: Oh, uh, it was very fun. Um, I was down in Miami working with Justin Zarmelo. Um, he's a, a, a trainer. Um, I had very good feedback. You know, they really thought that I was one of the best guards in the in the draft. But um, I just felt like I had a lot of things to still work on. And um, I also wanted to come back and redeem myself from last year. You know, I didn't want to leave like that. You know, that with a record like that. And uh, and um, I just wanted to come and you know just prove to myself that you know we can make it happen. Which you know we're going to show everybody this year. You, uh, you're a big Allen Iverson guy. Everyone mm-hmm. who knows you knows that. Right. Being in D.C.,
1: he he made his name here at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think about anything like that? Like, what what kind of impact
2: did AI have in your life? Um, you know, it's a very big impact. Um, I I really became a fan. Um, I watched one of his documentaries when I was younger. Um, my my cousin had uh, we we're sitting in the room one day. He put a documentary on, and I just seen like. His struggles, the things that he went through, and it's kind of like the same story, you know, with me. You know, I'd have been through a lot of things in my life, but, you know, I never let it get the best of me. And uh, obviously, did the same thing. You know, he uh, he took the platform that he had, and, you know, he turned it into, into something much bigger. And, you know, that's the th- same things that I tried to do. And uh, I just copied my game right after him. And now it's also some John Wall and some right. some Steph Curry, right? Right, right. John Wall, Steph Curry, Kyrie even those type of guys. One thing that A.
1: I. had was he was super close with his college coach. Mm-hmm. You had that with Eddie Jordan, yeah. and I assume you're trying to build that with Coach Peichel. Yeah. What, I guess, what was your relationship like with Coach Jordan and seeing him move on, and now how are you getting along with Coach Peichel?
2: Uh, you know, me and Coach Jordan had a great relationship. You know, um, he knew he knew what type of player I was. You know, he he really gave me kind of free reign. You know, to um, be aggressive, to score at will. To, you know, to to shoot at will. And I feel like Coach Parker's done the same thing with me. You know, he brought me in from day one and told me that this is my team, and that uh, you know, he, you know, we all know that he loves guards. He was a guard himself, so I feel like that's an extra bonus for me too. And um, uh, you know, we just, we just been gelling really fast. You know, everything's been coming together really smoothly, and I'm just uh, ready to get out there on the court. What do you think uh, is going to surprise people about Rutgers this year? Everything, the uh, way we carry ourselves, the way we play, the way we, uh, where we work. Um, um just the way we look i mean everything is just everything is new about us this year you know it's not one thing that i think it will stay the same um, i think everything is just different how about uh players on the court who's a sleeper for you guys sleeper um i would have to say uh, uh i think a sleeper would be candido um you know he's probably going to play behind deshaun mm-hmm. or uh or cj one of those i don't know he could, he, he really could start you know right Depending on how we want to go, but I think he's going to be one of those sleepers out there. He really works hard. Um, he has a high motor. You know, he can run the floor, and I'm uh, you know, really looking forward to seeing him play. And last question,
1: you didn't, team didn't have a good season last year, but mm-hmm. a new one starts soon. Right.
2: Why is it important for fans, especially the students, to give you guys a fresh look and a fresh start? I mean, you know, everybody deserves it. You know, um, you know it's a, it's a different, we got a different coach, so, you know, everything has just been different. Um, and you know we got we are we, trying to get the fans something to look forward to that you feel me. So at the midnight madness that's what we try to do have the best um experience that we can have and uh, just give the fans something to look forward to in, in basketball. You know football's not doing too well right now, so we're just waiting for it to roll around so we can try to change the culture. And okay, I'll add one more question. Uh you're you're also uh, working on a music career, it yeah, sounds like. Uh, yeah. tell people about that. Um, I've been making music since I was younger. I mean, it's not something that I just now started doing. Um, like I said, my stepfather was a producer. So growing up, um, I've been around music like all my life. You know, uh, I started off um, rapping with uh Dwayne Bacon at Florida State, you know, me and a couple of my friends, you know, in middle school and high school and it's just something that I never gave up on like I, I like to make music and you know I got a lot of supporters in, in music so you know that's something that I would just keep doing just because I like to do it not because of you know the what it what it might bring or something like that I mean you know whatever comes with it comes with it but you know music is just something that I always had a passion for so um, I mean it's just something I like to do for fun and I'll continue to do that. And for people that are into music or just want to support mm-hmm. you, where can they find that stuff? Um, you can find it on Spinrilla under 1KPG, YouTube under 1KPG, and uh, iTunes, the same thing. All right, thanks, Corey. No problem. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah. All
1: right, now you see why we jumped right in with Corey Sanders in this episode. He's always entertaining and appreciate his time. And now we're going to transition into the body of the show where I welcome in Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan, who is getting his Halloween costume ready for the weekend.
0: Oh, cannot wait. Let's just put it this way. My kids have Pokemon-themed costumes, and I think people will be looking for me, and they may want to call me Waldo.
1: Oh, dear. Uh, well, I'm going as Broken Matt Hardy, so you can't, uh, I guess I can't really criticize, uh...
0: Can you just explain to people who that is, then?
1: If you don't know who Broken Matt Hardy is, I, I don't know, man. That's... He's lighting the internet on fire. He's broken brilliance. So jumping into the show this week, we wanted to start off talking about, instead of kind of the normal recruiting spotlight, talking about a couple recruiting things that are going on. Uh, you guys saw my story on Monday where I, I talked to Chris Ash. I talked to St. Peter's prep coach Rich Hansen, and I talked to Pope John coach Brian Carlson about this triple header that is coming. If you're listening to this as it drops, it's coming tomorrow at Rutgers.
0: You didn't talk to the Lincoln coach from Jersey City?
1: I didn't, and Rich Hansen was happy to speak for him, oh, saying okay. it was Rich's pleasure to give uh, Lincoln an opportunity to play at a college stadium. Uh, I think that's a, a cool thing, actually, for the kids that are never going to play college football to get to do something like that. I mean, the, the, stand, you know, the crowd's not going to be too great, and I don't know how many... Other colleges are going to come watch him. I don't know how involved Rutgers will be either, but it's still well, cool
0: consi- Considering they already saw Jonathan Lewis play this year, right. so they, they can't, can't go to go that to, game. They can't
1: go to that game. I believe the other two games are still options if they wanted to pop in. It's a cool recruiting thing. To me, it's just common sense to use your bye week like this, and it's not anything super new. Making a triple header is new.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's just you get a kid on campus, and to see around, and you can talk, hey, what was it like playing in Rutgers Stadium, and could you imagine yourself there playing for four or five years? We need you here. So, yeah, I mean, it helps playing there. At least it makes it a special moment for them. Does it mean anything at the end of the day in recruiting? Not really, but it is a good talking point. So from that standpoint, it helps, and and it's just smart because it raises the visibility of a few programs who otherwise nobody would know where they're playing this weekend.
1: I'm excited about it. Because you don't
0: have to go very far to cover it. (laughs) Well, I'm not even going.
1: You're you're going and Garrett's going. I'm excited about it because there's a good chance that we're going to have video of Jonathan Lewis running into the Rutgers end zone for a touchdown. And I think that could be a cool little visual for people when they go and watch his highlights. Because I know everyone always watches the highlights when we post them and doesn't ignore them like your uh, St. John Vianney highlights the other day.
0: (laughs) That is a good point. Um, But it is good, and and it's nice to have that option for the fans to to look at it and say, okay, this kid could help us. And, look, I've already seen Lewis twice this year. He fits what they want to do offensively. He's got more speed than Rosinho. He's more physical. And the kid's 230 pounds and 6'3". He should be able to play physically right away whether he can pick it up mentally we'll, we'll have to wait and see but I'm curious just to see if he continues to develop with his accuracy I think that's the biggest thing he doesn't have to be the most accurate kid can he get rid of it quick and, and does it continue to be an asset or develop into an asset
1: the uh, there's plenty of other reasons I mean if you if you're a local Rutgers fan and I would consider going there's plenty of other reasons to kids to watch a uh, Shane Simon, a talented underclassman for St. Peter's Prep, has a Rutgers offer. The uh, Twins, the Adam Alolas, I believe. Is that right? Justin and Jason, Adam did I say? Did I say it right? Close enough. Yeah, I've been working on Resigno so long that I can't pronounce anything anymore. But how about Resigno? Exactly. You just keep on uh, your generic grant and learning how to pronounce his name. Um, I won't need it anymore. <laughs> good point. Uh, so, the, yeah, the Notre Dame Twins that Rutgers is still on, they've... Been to this isn't their first trip to Rutgers uh, this fall. You can watch them. Uh, Dalloway Perry plays for Pope John, three star kid that Rutgers is on. Stanford is looking at him. You know, there's other kids to watch. By,
0: by mid November, we'll know if he gets into Stanford, and then you'll know where the recruitment goes. He's got an official visit to Florida State coming at the end of November, and then we'll see what happens after there. I know Penn State is looking at him for an official visit. And he almost visited for the Ohio State game, and he couldn't make it out. But there's still a lot of options with Wade Perry. Um, He he does have some talent. He's going to have to reshape his body when he gets to college.
1: Was Um, he a guy that you ever looked at as a four-star, or is he always kind of ranked where he is now?
0: He's always been ranked where he is now. He's never been a four-star, but... When I saw him as a freshman and sophomore, I thought he had four-star ability. Um, it's just like I said, he's got to reshape his body, get more flexibility back. Um, that'll help with his athleticism as well. I think he could be a, a, a tremendous talent. I thought when I saw him as a freshman and sophomore, I thought he had to be you know the chance to be a top-five player in the state easily, maybe the top player in the state. So it just shows you how things change.
1: They should at least be interesting games. The, the St. Peter's Prep game is, I would expect, to be a blowout. Prep. I would expect running clock. Yeah, I, I don't one. know how much Jonathan Lewis you're really going to see in that Get game. Get there early. Exactly. Uh, and then, obviously, to, to close things out, Pope John against yeah. DePaul. DePaul always makes things dramatic, so I'm sure that'll be a fun game. Uh, Pope John coming off a loss to Bergen Catholic.
0: I'm curious to see Shelton Applewhite, because six months ago, Rutgers loved him, was all over him, and now, you know... He really hasn't been on the radar much lately, and for plenty of reasons, including he struggled. He's splitting time at quarterback. They have a, a young quarterback up there. He's 18. They have a 19 there who's a really good player that Rutgers is looking hard at. Paul always has young talent, I feel like. I feel like John McKenna does a good job of getting kids into his program and, and really developing them into Division one athletes. You know, Pope John's got a couple kids. They have a receiver-type linebacker who's a 2019, who I saw play earlier this year, runs really well, doesn't have any action going on, but needs to learn how to play football a little more, but he's definitely worth keeping an eye on. And then also with St. Peter's Prep, they do have some young ones, including uh, 2019 with a Louisville offer. Everybody remembers Rome, Roman Obin from the Giants. Well, his son, RJ, plays for St. Peter's Prep, and Roman played at Louisville as a Louisville hero, and RJ's first offer is from Louisville, but long way to go in that one. But they, they do have some young talent that I don't know if they'll get on the field early, but with the way this game is expected to go, I think you're going to see a lot of them in the second half. And, it, and it's worth watching if you can just stop by for an afternoon.
1: Brian Rutgers wanted a spark and got one by putting in Giovanni Roschino at quarterback. The thing with the spark is that sparklers tend to go out after a little while, and that's kind of what happened. It's like astronomy class. Or the 4th of July. Uh, that's kind of what happened in the loss to Minnesota. They started off very bad. Then the spark happened, and they got real, real exciting for a while. And then Geo hurt his hamstring. Rutgers became a little more one-dimensional offensively. The offense pretty much stopped after... Midway through the third quarter, and special teams let him down in the end. But Gio, uh, assuming he can get back to where he was health-wise at the start of the game, I think that Gio has a has a chance to lead this offense to a win this year. What game we're we gonna pick for that win? That'll be exciting uh, to see. I don't know, but um, they got. I, I think that I think that after what I saw from that offense, they got a shot to win another game this year.
0: Yeah, I agree because I think a lot of the Big Ten stinks. He did some impressive things, and that's important to note. And we had said for a while that there were quarterbacks better suited to run this offense than Chris Laviano. And you saw that just with some of the stuff that Rossino did. Keep this in mind, though. Minnesota looked awful, terrible. Yeah. Coaching staff did. A, if let's put it that, this way, if that coaching staff coached that game for Rutgers, the Rutgers board would be in meltdown mode. So much it would be incredible. I give a lot of credit to Rutgers, like I said, for staying tough and not giving up. But now defenses will have time to game plan a little more for what they're going to get out of Geo. You're right, it's a spark. And I can sit there and recite some games where Chris Laviano provided a spark, right? I mean, there's a lot of times where you look at him and you say, hey, Laviano had a great quarter or a great half or whatever it was did some really good things. So before we all sit there and decide that Gio is the future and now they're all set for the twenty seventeen season and why hasn't he played earlier? Let's just calm down, you know, see what happens, give him credit for what he did well, give him credit for managing the offense, give him credit for putting up points and Right, right. Yeah, I mean Yeah, the offense went south in the third quarter, but they also scored a big touchdown late in the game to take the lead. So you look at Gio, who led that fourth-quarter touchdown drive. Juwan Harris, the 18-yard pass, with about 12 minutes left. He gave Rutgers a chance to win, so at least he made some plays down the stretch. So I I give him credit for that. Um, Look, you put up 32 points. You didn't have that many points in the previous three or four games, so right. I, I give him credit for it. But, you know, this isn't the greatest show on turf yet.
1: No, no, it's not. Uh, when I look at this, Rutgers, I wrote this after the Illinois game. Rutgers made a decision to go with the high risk instead of playing things safe offensively, and that's what the change to Rashino represents. It, you have higher risks and you have rewards from that but you also have four turnovers in his first six quarters as a starter so I get that not all of them are his fault not all Laviano's turnovers were his fault either as much as many don't want to believe that
0: and it's amazing people want so badly for somebody not named Chris Laviano to do well at quarterback that they're just willing to overlook any other problem he had in the game. I mean, that game's 21-3 because early on, he can't get out of his own way.
1: Right, and believe me, I get why a lot of fans feel that way about Laviano after, look, he hasn't had a good stretch this year, he wasn't great most of last year, and he's not, uh, he doesn't have the personality to win over fans either. He's not really a big fan of doing interviews and uh, not... He's
0: not an easy guy to root for.
1: Yeah, I think, I think a lot of
0: people would rather just see somebody up there chewing gum and talking than having Laviano do an interview.
1: <laughs> that is a great reference to uh, the infamous Gary Nova gum-chewing interviews that I, I really miss. I miss the Gary Nova interviews. They were a lot of fun. Um Gary, Laviano ones. Gary Nova misses giving those interviews, too. Uh, the last thing I'll say about Roschino is, look, it's it's exciting. I'm happy for him. He earned this. And a lot, you hear a lot of stories in a lot of different teams of a kid that's flashes on the scout team and an opportunity, and it turns into something. And that's exactly what he did. I think that's how Joe Martinek originally got on the field for Rutgers. At, at, heck, Ray Rice might have even fit into that category real early in training camp his freshman year. I mean, you have guys that make a play, teams and big brothers always watching, and it turns into something.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't mean to downplay what Gio did. The thing that it, that it offers is Laviano has played for so long that you felt like he wasn't going to get much better. If he got better, it was going to be marginally better. So at least with Gio, you have a chance where he can grow by leaps and bounds and see where you are in the second half of the season. So it offers hope. It keeps a lot of pressure off of Tylen Odin, off of Jonathan Lewis coming in. So it kind of gives you an idea of, hey, well, maybe this kid can do it. And, look, you watch some of those throws on his outs. He does not have a good arm. I mean, the arm strength is not what you would say. Oh, that's a, that's
1: oh, they said a it was an NFL arm on ESPN, though, so it must be. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but, you know, it's more important to deliver the ball on time and be accurate than it is to have the arm strength because, you know, the arm strength against Minnesota, it's fine. The arm strength against Michigan and Ohio State, you're in a lot of trouble. But I think it does give you something to watch for, right? That's what the last four games were about. What are you watching for? What kind of hope do you have for the 2017 season? And I think that's why so many people want to see him play or somebody else because it offers hope for better days. Because I think by now people realize just the situation of the program. So what makes you believe for next year? What gets you excited for the spring game? And his play at least gave you something to look forward to.
1: You mentioned 2017 and building towards that season, and, and that's where the final piece of uh, our discussion begins. Uh, Brian, I, I guess, is there is there a player that is either injured, a freshman, sitting out for whatever reason, that you really want to see get a chance in spring practice that you think can really help this team or, or be an exciting player to watch. Because there's, they've exhausted a lot of their options in terms of playing freshmen, but I do think there's guys that have a chance to do more or guys that haven't played at all yet that can be good players for this program next season.
0: You know, these are guys that have played, but they're guys that I've seen flash, so I want to see more of it. Can Decoven Valley be like Janorian Grant and that kind of playmaker? Maybe in special teams, or is he a receiver? Can he play another position?
1: Yeah, or Janorian Grant.
0: Him too. Um, I'm excited. I want to see more of him. I want to see more of Trey Snead to see what he can do as a running back, just to see is he a guy that, once he understands the system better, can just have more of an opportunity to carry the ball and just make plays that's what I want to see those are the kind of guys that you know Sam when you and I spoke about recruiting and where the class was heading 10 months ago those are some of the guys we spoke about and just because they did have that little bit of twitch to them and the ability to move
1: yeah I uh, I think Amir Mitchell's the obvious one but look anyone that expects him to jump right in and spring and become the number one guy like he's gonna need some time uh i uh i also look at guys that we've seen glimpses of and i'm really excited about jonah jackson as an offensive lineman i think that it shows the the staff seems to really like him they've given him more opportunities than the other redshirt freshmen and it looks like he's going to be the guy that replaces Derek nelson so i'd like to see more from him with the ones. The ways that the way that they've worked in Kamal Seymour, I'd like to see them do that with Jonah Jackson.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about guys like that, I'd also like to see how Willington Prevalon does. You know, I've heard a lot of great things about what's going on with his development. So there, there's a lot of young guys that I want to see. I think the biggest thing for me, though, is I want to see where this team is in 2017 because there's a also a big difference between having six months of Kenny Parker training and six months of going through a system compared to 18 months and we saw bodies change a lot in six months which tells you they weren't doing anything from the weight training perspective before so I'm excited to see where they are after 18 months so yeah, guys like that, Kamal Seymour. I'd like to see him a lot more. I talked to somebody the other day who thought that he could be an NFL offensive tackle. So there, there is some young talent. It just has to be developed, and, and that's one of the key things in all this. When you look at guys being developed, and are you know, it's one thing to have the talent; it's another is that talent being developed. I mean, you talk about Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, guys like programs like that. Yeah, they get elite talent, but, boy, they do a great job of developing that talent, too.
1: Okay, now we're going to jump into the Rutgers mailbag segment as we close out another successful edition of the Rutgers ScoutCast. As always, you can send me your questions on Twitter at Sam Hellman Scout via email shellman at com. Or the best way to do it is on our Scarlet Report premium message boards. Send me a post there or send me a message and you get priority. That's what happened this week for our on-topic question. The on-topic question came from HW. He asked this question in a premium q and I did earlier in the week. But now that it's been a few days, I'd like to discuss it on the show as well. His question is, uh, what position will be helped the most from recovering from injuries during the bye week? Well, the easy answer is all of them. (laughs) Rutgers is beat up across the board, and that's what happens after eight weeks of war against the quality of competition that Rutgers faces. Uh, To be the best, you got to beat the best. Woo. And that's what Rutgers has tried to do, and it's left them pretty beat up. If I had to pick one position group, this is probably not the conventional answer. The conventional answer would be linebacker, but my answer would be quarterback, You saw what an injured Giovanni Rossigno looked like against Minnesota, and it was not even half as dynamic of an offense as it was in the first quarter before Rossigno hurt his hamstring. So you give him extra time to recover, and you hope that that electricity is back when uh, Rutgers returns to the field in eight days. The Rutgers offense with Rossigno healthy looked very different than with it unhealthy, and that's why I'm going to choose that quarterback position. The reason I didn't choose linebacker is... Honestly, the linebackers weren't playing that well when they were healthy in the first place, so even if they are healthy, it's still going to be a liability for the defense. Jane Neiman has talked a lot. Jay Neiman, the defensive coordinator, has talked a lot about how they need to do better against the run, and to be honest, most of that comes down to the linebacker position. Yes, the DBs need to take better angles, and yes, the defensive ends have struggled. Darius Hamilton's been a little slower since he packed on the way to defensive tackle, but it starts at linebacker, and Rutgers needs better play there regardless of how healthy they are. So Redline, thanks for the question. Uh, If you want priority in this and you want to check out everything that we have at Scarlet Report, which, by the way, if you didn't see, now includes, if you sign up for an annual subscription, now includes Sports Illustrated magazine with your subscription absolutely free. So that's pretty cool, right? Uh, So that's uh, new members to the site. If you sign up for a year, it comes with Sports Illustrated You also get priority. If you're interested in an extended free trial, hit me up, uh, shelman at com and mention the Rutgers ScoutCast, and I'll take care of the rest. Uh, Going off topic, I got a question on Twitter this week. I don't have my Twitter machine in front of me right now, but the question was, uh, what's the biggest misconception about Scarlet Report? I think that's how it was worded. Um... That's an interesting question. I picked it because it was interesting. I didn't really understand what the person was asking for a while, and then I thought about it, you know, sat on it for a couple of days and was like, oh, okay. So I would say the biggest misconception about at least my coverage is that people a lot of times confuse my something that would be my opinion with, Some with the reason that something is done. Like people will ask me all the time about quarterbacks, and I'll tell you why these quarterbacks' decisions are being made, and then the fans, the Rutgers fans, will assume that that is also my opinion, and and that's not how it works. If I'm giving my opinion, people will know. You know, I'll make sure you know this is my opinion. This is not a fact, or this is not why something is being done, but. You know, the Chris Laviano saga, whether it's Laviano or Gary Nova, every quarterback competition ever, there's been questions about why the starter's staying in, and I'll give you reasons why they're starting in. Uh, The staff thinks that Chris Laviano can run the offense faster, he knows the offense best, he, you know, has the heart of the team behind him, that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that I personally agree with it. I thought Chris Laviano should have been replaced probably three weeks ago, and I thought it should have been either Rosinho or just go all in with Tylen Oden because you saw the other three guys and it wasn't working. So uh, that's the main thing is don't... Well, you can get mad at me as much as you want. By all means, I prefer when fans get mad at me or subscribers get mad at me than when they get mad at each other. So get mad at me all you want, but don't don't take it personally or don't think it's always my opinion if I'm telling you this is why Josh Hicks isn't playing as much. This is why Komoko Torre has been on the bench. This is why Robert Martin didn't start. Stuff like that. I'm telling you the reasoning and from the coaching perspective and why something happened, not necessarily that I agree or disagree with it. Because, by the way, I also think Josh Hicks should be playing more regardless of uh, the buy-in that Rutgers talks about wanting to see from him. So thanks for that question. The other obvious misconception is that People assume that I've been a Rutgers guy my whole life or am from New Jersey. Look, I'm not from New Jersey. I'm from Virginia. I would come to New Jersey once a year for you know two days to see family, and that was pretty much it. I, I barely knew what a Rutgers was until I was probably 16 and looking at colleges. So it's funny when people ask me what it was like for me or what it was like covering the Terry Shea era or the start of the Greg Sciano era. Much as uh, I enjoy those questions, like, sorry, I was, I was 10 and living in Virginia, so I really don't have an answer for those. Anyway, that's our mailbag segment for the week. Send me some more questions as we get towards the end of the season. Uh, you know, everything from wrestling to basketball coverage is going to start up now, so I'm happy to talk that as well. Thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of the Rutgers Scout cast. I hope everyone enjoys their bye weekend. Has a fun, safe Halloween. If you see Broken Matt Hardy or Brother Nero wandering around your neighborhood, it very well might be me at my Saturday night Halloween party in uh, Middlesex County. Feel free to say hi if you somehow run into me uh, Friday night tonight. For some of you, if you're listening to this as it drops, I will be. At Wayne Hills versus Wayne Valley, that means Tyler Hayek. The Rutgers wide receiver commit, that means Evidence Njoku committed to Miami, but still talking to Rutgers, talking to some other schools. I'm looking forward to that. Brian and Garrett will have you covered from the high school triple header that takes place at High Point Solutions Stadium. And then Monday, it's another game week. It's time to get ready for Indiana, the penultimate home game of the year. The final noon home game of the year, so high-five to everyone for that. Even though I like noon games, I understand why the regular fan does not. Thanks to both of my guests this week, Corey Sanders and Brian Doan. Follow them, thank them, whatever on Twitter. Corey Sanders is at C underscore Sanders 3. That 3 is for Allen Iverson. And Brian, you can follow him at Brian Doan Scout where uh, you can tell him that he's a big phony in the Pokemon game uh, that he loves to talk about every time he gets an opportunity. Next week is going to be a wrestling week on the podcast. We're still going to have our normal news discussion, mailbag, send your questions and all that, but my guests will be Anthony Ashnault and Nicholas Gravina of the Rutgers wrestling team. Sat down with both of them at Media Day. Earlier this week, Anthony Ashnault is... Maybe the best quote, the best interview in the Rutgers athletics world right now. He's really good, and for people that don't follow wrestling, think of Anthony Ashnault as he's like, uh, "What if Jabril Peppers stayed home?" That's what Anthony Ashnault means to wrestling, both as a recruit and what he's done for the wrestling program so far. Nicholas Gravina is a really tough kid. I know Scott Goodale thinks he's in for a big season this year. He wrestled hurt a couple times last year and gutted out a couple of big performances in Big Ten play. So I had fun talking to both of them, and you'll hear that next week. Uh, Also coming very soon, the groundbreaking for the practice facility and then Rutgers Basketball Media Day. So stay tuned to Scarlet Report for all the latest there. If you weren't one of the lucky people to get your magic golden ticket to the groundbreaking we'll have you covered on Scarlet Report where I am publisher Sam Hellman and this has been another episode of the Rutgers ScoutCast. Thanks for listening.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere.